Stephen. Hello, Stephen. It's, it's good to uh, be back. To, you know, what could we possibly have to talk about? this? <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, I'm too bad the world's so boring right now, especially, oh. especially Canada. Oh, so dull. There's nothing happening. Uh, you know, <laughs> even the United States is paying attention to us, which, you know, isn't necessarily a good thing. Never a good thing. Never. The reasons the U.S. pays attention to Canada are never good things. It's no. either Bernie Sanders talking about our, uh, our, our medical system um, or the Republicans saying we have death panels um, or them latching on to a trucker convoy that, according to some evidence, is heavily financed by American interests um, and uh, using that as some kind of parallel to their January 6th event and to showing how uh, governments run by liberals are a disaster and a tyranny and oh, the litany of things continues. It's, uh, it's been madness for, for three weeks here. It, 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 you know, and uncharacteristically madness. I mean, I'm used to Ottawa having winter loot, uh, which, you know, yes. is, is, kind of, is really cold and kind of boring. Um, sort of like Ottawa is all, all winter, but, you know, this has been, been a, lot, uh, a lot more excitement than, than anyone is used to in, in Ottawa. Yeah, and it, you know what? I'll, go, I, I'll take the boring over this excitement because, you know, this, they're, they're clearing out the truckers. They, by now, I mean, they've cleared Wellington Street. Yep, I they're, actually saw traffic on Wellington Street, actual cars driving up and down it. Yeah, and so, and this started... Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. This basically started on Friday and they've managed to clear, clear it out, which just goes to show that the leadership from the municipality and the province was non-existent. Um, it, well, and everyone talking about the emergency act too. It's like, Oh, it's heavy handed. It's unnecessary. It's like, we went through three weeks of this yeah, and within like two and a half, three days, under the emergency act which allows the rcmp to coordinate with municipalities and gives them more resources the resources that ottawa you know kept kept calling for but they never knew what they were going to do with do with them yeah um, they didn't have leadership that would well, within within out. you know within three days it's over um and over peacefully i mean there were incidents because you know you've had a big mob of people with big trucks who were yelling incoherent things about freedom um i'm not sure what you know I, i'm not sure anyone really knows what they, it was about at the end of the day i mean they didn't like mask mandates it was originally against you know truckers crossing the border into the united states which also requires vaccinations yeah, which but, doesn't, i mean that that see the whole thing to me sh shows that these people were really um uneducated what do they call low information voters because if they're voters at all, yeah. If they're voters at all, um, they're just very poorly educated because were they not, they would have put their heads together and said, hey, you know something? Even if Trudeau drops the federal mandate for, for us crossing the border, America has the same mandate. So it really makes no difference whether there's a mandate in Canada or not. We still have to get vaccinated to cross the border. Yeah. You well, know, and and somebody thought, you know, thought that through, um, no, no, you know, they, thinking through is not really their strong point. Well, no, it, it's it's really feelings, and it, it's 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 a real failure of our education system to properly teach people 
how our system works. Um, you know, the, the fact that the leadership created this, uh, uh, what is it, memorandum of misunderstanding? Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> where they wanted yes. to get together with the governor general and the Senate to dissolve parliament and put in a government that was more suited to them. Um, yes, yeah. composed of committees of truckers working hand in hand with, I guess, the Conservative Party and, and, and anyone else who would join them. Yeah, where, where is it ever written or shown in our history that that's how we elect leadership in this country? It's the, the fact that there was people actually pushing for it, thinking that there was a hope in hell this would ever happen. The fact that it was even raised by the leadership. I mean, it's one thing if a bunch of dummies craft this idea, but it came forward from leadership, people in leadership positions who should be more educated, but they weren't really playing to the, uh, the, to the government or to the governor. They were playing to the ignorant masses who didn't realize that this was not something that was possible. Um, they knew it wasn't possible. This was more stirring up people who have felt disenfranchised for a very long time. Now, they're not the only ones. It, it, you, you'd be hard pressed to find any identifiable group these days that doesn't feel that they've been hard done by. And the truth is there's truth in just about every one of them because our purchasing power um, has been dropping since the 1970s. So that jobs which back then, you know, factory worker, you could, you could have a modest house and a living, you know, and a family. Um, you don't, th those jobs, the increases never kept pace with inflation. And we just kept falling further and further behind. And what happens when you fall far further and further behind? People start to feel like it, it's them, like they're being picked on. Um, and we, we, we separate into separate groups. You know, we, we go into our corners and we go looking for people to blame. And we've got people in positions of power, um, not just government, but industry uh, and media in some cases, uh, pointing us at people who we're supposed to blame, who are not really the people we're supposed to blame, or they're telling us to take action, which will not result in what we want. It's just busy work. And it helps to create, it helps to foment uh, uh, dissent and uh, divisiveness. And so I look at these, listen, there's some truckers amongst those, that, that convoy that are pure hate, um, pure xenophobic, pure hate. Um, and those people you're never going to reach. But I no. do not believe that all of them are that way. No, I don't, I don't think they are. I mean, you know, whenever you have a, a protracted protest, it, it gives people with varying grievances or points of view uh, an opera, you know, it becomes a magnet for them and mm -hmm. they start to attract people. And so you might, you might've had a small core of people. It might've started off against trucker mandates, vaccine mandates, which, you know, as, as we pointed out was, was a, a lost cause to begin with because it requires the Americans to participate too. And they're not going to do that. No. But then it, you know, over the course of three weeks, it attracted every, every nut and berry in, in, in Canada to come out there. It attracted the racists. It attracted the, uh, the Islamophobes. It attracted the uh, you know the, the the Western separatist movement, um, the gun people. I mean, everyone who's got and and then sort of you know the the, the crunchy granola you know 
inchoate yelling of freedom kind of people too. Mm -hmm. Um, And all the people, like you say, disaffected people who are feeling the economic pinch, which, which is, uh, you know, a real problem, but uh, you know, people who feel marginalized because they don't understand vaccines, but they won't get them. And as I always said last week, you know, there's a crankiness out there because we've all been stuck on our couch for, for, for two years. We've been, you know, both inconvenienced in minor ways and inconvenienced in major ways. You know, some people have lost their jobs and their livelihoods, their businesses. Um, those are major things. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a ongoing situation and people are fed up with it. Now, a lot of people are being adults about it and saying like, you know, un- unlike Doug Ford, who's pretty much just declared the pandemic over because, as he said in his press conference this week, well, we're tired of it, yeah. um, which is exactly <laughs> how epidemiology works. I mean, yeah. you know, the, you know, that's how they got rid of the Black Plague. They just said, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're just done. tired of this. Yeah. You know, this is just, you know, this is crap. You know, I'm not putting up with this anymore. Yeah. Um, but and it's not a, obviously not a nuanced crowd either. Um, you know, goes to what you, you know, said about uh, needing to te- teach civics any uh, again. You know, we, we've been so focused on on teaching STEM and, you know, making turn people into technocrats and all the rest of the stuff that we, we've sort of lost the idea of, you know, of, of a liberal arts education that teaches you um, a little bit of history and a little bit of civics and, you know, how, how, how the government actually works. Because you saw even, even the leaders, you know, uh, Tamara Leach, who is uh, spending the, uh, the weekend in jail awaiting her, uh, her, her bail decision. You know, she, and during her bail hearing, she kept uh, saying she was just exercising her First Amendment rights. Yeah. I'm um, like, well, you know, like, okay, let me, let me, let me tell you. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's that's kind of american and other people who you know when they were uh, when the police were arresting people and pulling them out of the crowd mm-hmm. um there was a big thing going on uh among the uh, among the truckers and the people who advised them that uh, none of these arrests were valid because none of them had been read their miranda rights anyway okay uh we do not have miranda rights in canada we have certain rights when you get arrested yeah. but uh, you don't have to be read the miranda act because that was a supreme court of the united states decision yeah. so there's all of this this mushiness that's going on in terms of the thinking and at the end of the day you know the people who said well why doesn't trudeau just go down there and talk to them because you know that would have diffused the whole thing and in fact no, the emergency no. debate that's going on in parliament as we speak yes the conservative party is still saying that they're saying that this is Trudeau's fault because he wouldn't go and talk to these people. These are the people who have flags up uh, that, that that say F Trudeau. Yeah. Um, but they also have uh, images of nooses. They were, they were, uh, they were selling uh, for, uh, you know, to raise some money uh, sweatshirts with a, a noose on, on it. Um, you know, basically saying hang Trudeau. It's like, okay, so how does Trudeau going down and talk to them diffuse that if if they're avowed uh, you know goal hopefully it's symbolic as opposed to genuine uh, that you know that trudeau should be hung for treason it's like there's not a lot of middle ground there for for you to 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 establish a rapport with these people if you can figure out who even is in charge of this thing because, because every time someone shows up as the leader you know the, you know some of the names that were tossed around pat king was a yeah. prominent organizer of this and then there are videos. I, you know, I tweeted out a, a, a video. He, he loves doing his own videos in the cab of his, his truck. It's not doctored or anything, but he starts talking about about uh, you know white bloodlines being the strongest. Yes, and and, and making uh, fun Anglo-Saxon of... replacement theory, yes. which is that we're trying to replace 
uh, white people. We're not having enough babies. People of, people mm -hmm. of color. And, yeah. and, and it's a plot. So all of those, frankly, Nazi uh, um, um, tropes. And, and as soon as you do that, I say, oh, no, 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 no. Wait a no, he doesn't speak for us anymore. Well, wait a he was speaking for you, and he was one of the main organizers. And his videos are, are not new. Oh, no, they've been there for, for ages. And some of the other people, you know, one of the people who was picked up, uh, you know, uh, did earlier films with uh, Confederate flags in the background. It's like, that's a pretty unambiguous symbol. Um, you know, it's a symbol of slavery. Um, and anyone who flies that flag now, you know exactly where they stand on the issues. But oh, it's again, a, you know, it's a statement. Yes. And, and, and they go, well, well, he isn't representative. It's like, okay, you have an entire football field full of people who don't represent themselves um, because there's so much of that in, in this crowd. Um, you know, and then we get into sort of the foreign dark money in the United States that's coming in and funding this thing. We've got this, you know, the truckers had the support. Well, they, they had the support of the former uh, president of, 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 um, of Iran, uh, <laughs> of Vladimir Putin, uh, Donald Trump and, and the little Trumps, uh, Ted Cruz, um, governor of you know, uh, the uh, attorney general of Texas. It's like when you start looking at who your friends are, you get a sense of who these people are. Well, you're judged by the company you keep. Yeah. Um, well, my favorite was a uh, U.S. Um, um, uh, uh, Congresswoman Yvette Harrell of New Mexico, of, her, of the second congressional district, uh, tweeted yeah. out the other day. Um, uh, you know, and she was one of the people who uh, refused to certify the uh, 2020 election results in the United States. One um, of those. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, she tweeted out on February 19th, I'm introducing legislation that would temporarily grant asylum to innocent Canadian protesters who are being persecuted by their own government. We cannot be silent as our neighbors to the north are treated so badly. So, you know, she's prepared to accept Canadian truckers as political refugees, as, as, assuming that you can get to... Uh, get to uh, new mexico but you might need a vaccine for that i'm not sure <laughs> it's this is all objectively just, when you look at this this is all crazy i just and, want some internal consistency that's all i ever ask for in life i mean you can be as nuts as you like as long as it all makes sense internally but this stuff just doesn't make sense internally um when you look at something that is this crazy but is clearly uh, there are clearly organizers behind it there's clearly an agenda behind it um, and the agenda might very well be to create craziness, uh, you know, uh, destabilization. But you look at that and you realize that there is a purpose behind this. There is a re reason behind this. It's not as irrational as, uh, some, uh, as some of the participants are. And you have to start to think, what's the end game here? I mean, the truckers had no exit strategy or exit plan their exit plan was that they were going to get their way and that's not how you go into something where you think you're going to negotiate um they the idea that a, a mob of citizens of numbering in the hundreds or even a thousand could go to to ottawa and it, use force because as far as i'm concerned taking your trucks and blocking and using vehicles like that, uh, weaponized them. And so it is using force to go, go into Ottawa like that and uh, make demands to change the direction of the government or government uh, uh, edicts. That's, that is not democracy. That is not freedom. As somebody said on 
social media, what they're looking for is not freedom. They're looking for license. Yeah. They're looking for the license to do whatever they want without consequences. And their argument is that if you're going to lose your job, if you don't get vaccinated, it isn't a choice. It's coercion. Fact is, it's a choice. And yeah. uh, you, you just don't like the consequences of your choice. And some people, for them, it's an identity thing. So much in politics today is identity politics. So people are like, there's people who might otherwise have got the vaccine, but their political family, um, their tribe is telling them not to do that. So they don't want to be out of step with their tribe. And so they don't. Um, you know, it, 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 that sense of wanting to belong overtakes any rational thought they may have. And while these people are generally, I think it's fair to say, a lot of them are poorly educated um, in our system and perhaps, uh, you know, as I said, ill-informed, um, low-information individuals. Uh, I don't necessarily know that they're stupid so much as they're incurious, is how they described uh, George Bush, George W. Bush. Um, they, um, and, and yeah, they're not geniuses. Um, but you think about some of the people who supported them, business leaders, who are not stupid. Um, Oh, some very I, rich people too. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it came out during uh, uh, Tamara Leach's uh, bail hearing that her husband had been flown out on a private jet, which is how we got around the vaccine uh, prohibition on flying. Some, some, someone who could afford a private jet um, let him, you know, uh, and, and oddly enough, her husband couldn't remember the guy's name. It was just Joseph something. But, you know, if someone oh, yeah. put, put me yeah. on a private jet, I think I'd know, I'd know their name. Just another one of those private jet yeah. trips. Just, but that gives you an idea, like, obviously that person is smart enough to have made enough money to have a private jet. And, I, you know, and if you go through social media, there are, uh, there are lawyers um, who I've tangled with on, on social media who, uh, you know, get to law school, you need to have a certain amount of, uh, of gray matter to do that. You know, not necessarily, but yeah, but you more, more than your average bear uh, to get through it. And they're on the side of the truckers. And so, you know, it's not just a function of education or, or, or a certain kind of intelligence, but there, there's a real deep rooted, you know, um, like you say, a tribalism that goes, you know, that, that bypasses the, the, the cognitive part of the brain and goes right to the emotional part of it. And people do get, people get incredibly emotional about, about these sorts of things. And it's split up families. Um, it's certainly split up, you know, friendships and work relationships. Uh, and there just doesn't seem to be bridging any gap because, you know, and I've spoken to friends who have, who have slightly more expansive views of, of, uh, you know, th that this, this, this uh, health crisis isn't as serious. You know, we're now out of the woods and it's all good and we can just go on to live our lives and the, all the various mandates, which are mostly provincial anyway, that affect most of our lives, um, are, are, are past their time. Um, you know, and I, I, you can have a, a reasonable discussion with some of these people because there's some things that are kind of measures of degree, uh, but there's other things that just, just you know, are, are non-starters. Like, like we're going to overthrow the government because we don't uh, because they've taken away our freedoms. And anytime a reporter stuck a microphone under someone's nose and said, "Okay, what freedom are you talking about?" And again, it's it's that five-year-old childish license freedom. They say, "Well, I don't want to have to do anything. Uh, you know, I I don't want to wear a mask." I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be, be vaccinated to, uh, to go to the bar. 
um, a lot of the provincial premiers have caved, you know, the conservative ones have caved mm -hmm. to those demands because those are their people and those are their voters. But it's it, their idea of freedom is a selfish idea of freedom. It doesn't take any consideration of the collective good or public health or what the vulnerable might have to suffer if their freedom, if they're allowed their freedoms unrestrained. Um, like you said, it's 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 the freedom of license. It isn't the freedom of responsibility. Well, I mean, the the, the notion has disappeared that as a citizen, you do have some duties. Um, the I you know the 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 idea now is that. I'm a citizen, so I can do whatever I want. There's no sense of, you have some responsibility to society as well. And that's what we're seeing is people who feel no obligation to better the situation around them. Now, they'd argue, they'd say they're, they're fighting for our freedom, um, so they do care. But no, that's not true. Um, they're, they're there because they're irked that people... Uh, urbanites have been telling them what to do and I can't help but think that in some ways they're not wrong not so much with COVID but with the way the rural urban split um, has played out now most Canadians live in cities uh, it's not like the states where a lot of them are in small towns rural communities most Canadians live in cities clustered along the border. Yeah. Um, so that does leave some people who are more rural um, feeling like decisions are made that aren't being made with the contributions of their community. Um, and when people speak to their concerns, they dismiss the, these people. They, tell, they say they're stupid, they're yokels, uh, their opinions aren't worthy of being considered because they may be a bit dated in some regards. And again, I'm not talking about racist attitudes, which are intolerable um, or anti-gay or anti-trans. I'm not talking about those attitudes, but there are other, other attitudes. There's other things about modernity that some people just don't live in the same modernity that we do. And if we continue to just treat them like something on the bottom of our shoe, we're going to get more of these events because they're out there, they're feeling looked down upon, they're feeling small, they're feeling powerless, which is the perfect fertile ground for people like Leach and the people pulling her strings to come in and say, here, you belong here, join us, you'll feel strong, join us, you'll feel visible. And we are, by, by having this elitist attitude towards people who are maybe less educated than us, less worldly than we are, um, by having this elitist attitude towards them, we're pushing them in the direction of these bad actors. And I think that we need to stop looking at these people who, who may be more you know, ignorant about some things, undereducated. They're still people. And in the end, they probably still want to do the right thing by their family and, and their community and so on. Um, if, if we keep dismissing them as just being cavemen and their attitudes are worthy of nothing but, uh, but hostility, we're just going to keep splitting up the country and we're going to have more and more of these events like Ottawa. We're going to turn more and more into what the US, US has become. And I'd rather not see that happen.
No, and I don't know what the solution to that is. I mean, you know, we talk about public education, but you know, it's, it's, we we live in an incredibly diverse country with big distances, and you know, the rural experience isn't the same as the urban experience. Um, and and I and I think you know the the you know the, the rural types who are uh, in in the uh, the Ottawa occupation really don't you know they don't understand from the other side either because I really think when you talk about what their end game was uh, you know I think they had some goals but I think their expectation genuinely was we are going to stick it out here and we're doing it for you Canada and there's going to be a popular uprising that will join us and Canadians will throw off the the yoke of of this dictator Trudeau and return us to this prosaic age of, of, of agrarian democracy where the people really count and, 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 and all the rest. And I think they were, some of them were genuinely surprised uh, that there wasn't public support for what they were doing. I mean, you know, there, there's been tons of polls and there will be lots of polls in the future about who supports the truckers um, and, or you know, who sympathizes with their goals, whatever those goals turn out to have been which goals the one yeah yeah, the ones that you can you can you can ascertain i mean it's sort of like you know are you mad yes okay then you're with the truckers uh but but the truckers i think and you you could see this in the in the discussions they had with the police you know they're they're saying to police like come on join us you're one of us and you know unfortunately i think some of that was true we saw early on with some of the truck uh truckers getting sympathy from um you know there's there's some videos of ottawa cops who are you know leaning in saying hey we support you guys um and, and that may be more sort of a a low education you know white young white male thing than anything else um but by and large they they were very very surprised when they weren't getting people flocking to their cause because they thought there were more people like them out there than there really are. Uh, and that's their perception of the rest of Canada being wrong. The same way sometimes we, you know, we sophisticated urbanites who are downtown. Um, we see that uh, our perception of the rest of Canada is sometimes not uh, in accordance with reality too. But I really do think, I mean, I, I think they thought this was sort of a beer hall pushed moment or, you know, more of a, a beer belly pushed um, <laughs> that they were going to, uh, now, see, there's my there's my my urban sarcasm right there. Um, <laughs> I, I can't help it. What can I say? I can't help myself. Uh, but you know, I really think that you know the way that uh, the way that that Hitler in 1923 th- thought, I'm going to spark a revolution of the people by 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 starting off this little little uh, little uh, incident, and people will flock to my cause and will overthrow the terrible people who run this country and install a, a government of of the people. Um, and when it didn't happen. You know, in 1923, happened eventually there, but you know, took took another decade. Um, here, they think that they represent a you know a, a mass movement of people who, like like in the United States, you know, whether it was the Tea Partiers or the Trumpists or the alt rights or the whoever else, they, they really think that they have numbers on their side, which thankfully they don't. Yeah, and and. Going back to lack of education, this uh, discourse saying that uh, we are in a dictatorship, Trudeau is a dictator, that we're living under tyranny. These people have absolutely no concept of what a true dictatorship or true tyranny is. The idea that you need to be vaccinated for public health reasons or that you need to wear a piece of cloth to stop your your germs from spreading. The idea that that is tyranny. Yeah. um, 
is or, insulting. Or, you know, or wearing who, wearing of the yellow star, which you know I'm not even Jewish, and, and you know I find that incredibly insulting because you know obviously the Nazis were chasing the Jews all over Europe so they could vaccinate them to to keep them healthy. That's yeah. that's what that was all about. Yeah, they they have no knowledge of of the Holocaust or what that yellow star meant. Um, you know, these the yellow and to star equate their meant, suffering with that is you know yellow, so so offensive. The yellow star meant that these people were dispossessed. They they lost their homes. They lost their freedom. They were rounded up in camps, uh, in boxcars, were packed so tight they couldn't they couldn't sit down. Um, they were for, given forced labor, starved, and then slaughtered in in uh, gas chambers. Uh, tell me that that is in any way uh, comparable to having to get a vaccination and wearing a mask. Like, wearing a mask to get your Tim Hortons. Yeah. It, it, it's insulting. And it's insulting to people. There's people in this country who've come here from countries that uh, are still dictatorships or were dictatorships. And you'll see them sometimes on social media saying, these people are insane. They have no idea. I mean, first of all, in a dictatorship, you can't go in a public forum and call the leader a dictator. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we had an election five, six months ago, too. We don't, you know, you don't usually have those during, uh, <laughs> during dictatorships, too. And a minority government where the government could fall if it doesn't have the confidence of, of other parties. Um, you know, that doesn't happen in dictatorships either. They just, they don't get it. They keep, Trudeau's a dictator. No, he's not. Trudeau is taking leadership where uh, the municipality of Ottawa was over its head and where, where uh, Ford- Province of Ontario wouldn't do anything. I firmly believe Ford was like, let's just punt this to Trudeau. So, because we've got an election coming up and these are our people. So we don't want to be seen on the wrong side of them. So he just dithered as he normally does. He rode a snowmobile um, and uh, let it fall in Trudeau's lap. So the Trudeau can be the one who's villainized. He was already being villainized. Um, well, and then in other provinces, uh, you know, you've got Alberta, where uh, where Kenny is taking the, the Canadian government to court over the uh, invoking of the Emergencies Act. And it turns out that just a couple of days before he had written a letter to the federal government, you know, his his uh, Minister of Justice or Attorney General wrote one pleading for help with the uh, with the blockade at the Alberta border that they couldn't they couldn't handle and they're saying you know for God's sakes we need we need federal help on this thing what are you going to do um, and it, and Manitoba did exactly the same thing with their blockade you know they uh, uh, the premier she, you know she sent a letter which just came out uh, today you know people are leaking these things all over the place where they're begging the federal government for action as well and then you know Trudeau does it and it's like wait a second, no, 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 you know, we want you to do something, but don't do that. Uh, we don't know what you, we need you to do, but, you know, but it turns out, you know, they're hypocrites. What a, what a, <laughs> what a surprise. That, yeah, you know, they, they asked for help, they got help, and now they're complaining they got help. And you know, the thing is, they won't even respond when people call them on their hypocrisy or on their, their, their double standard. Um, you confront a conservative politician these days with direct evidence that they are saying something now, which is the exact opposite of something they said uh, a little while ago or recently, and they don't even address it. They make it like it doesn't exist. Like there was a time when there would be a demand and the, the, the person being demanded of would feel some sense of uh, a public obligation to at least spin their their To say how reversal. it's different than that last time. Yeah, they would but find a way to, but now they don't even address it in many cases. They just, they learned this from the, the Bush White House, the George W. Bush White House, which is if you don't give it any oxygen, the media has got nothing further to report 
and so it dies. Yeah, and there were tons of conservatives, including the their interim leader, Candace Bergen, who tweeted out, and, you, and there it is, black and white, it's still sitting on her Twitter feed, where in 2020, when there were blockades um, of pipeline, she's saying, why the hell aren't we sending in the military? Actually, Gladys, uh, um, I, I guess it was Marilyn Gladue who said, send in the military. Um, and uh, and she said, you know, this, this uh, the, uh, Candace Bergen said, you know, the federal government has to act and clear these people out. Um, that was a blockade. This is a blockade. Um, what's the difference aside from the color of the skin of the people who are doing the blockading? Um, I, but again, they don't address it. And, you know, the hypocrisy is, is there for anyone who wants to see it. You know, the issue of skin color, uh, has been raised and, and I think with validity, um, People saying that if uh, this was a, a Black Lives Matter crowd or an indigenous crowd, uh, they would never have been able to get a foothold uh, or a toehold even in uh, on Wellington Street. They would never have been able to get, uh, you know, to be able to actually. Yeah, the first truck would siege. have been, been, been yeah. t- ticketed and towed off before yeah, uh, and, a second truck could join it. And, and I, I think that that's very likely true. Um, I think also the Ottawa didn't take this seriously. Uh, you know, the city of Ottawa didn't really know what they were in for. And let's face it, we've never had this before. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But uh, I think that once the, uh, the truckers got a, a grip in Ottawa, um, I, underst- I understand the hesitation of the police to engage people who were hopped up on their own sense of grandeur. Um, and some people saying they're willing to die for the cause and they were interviewed by, by media. Um, I understand these people came here, came there looking for a confrontation. And I understand the rationale of don't give them one. But, and I understood that for a couple of weeks, less and less as it went on. But then I look at how quickly the police were able to get the blockade or, or the, the, the trucks out of the city and done with a minimum of force, uh, a minimum of, of violence. We had reports of truckers trying to take the, the weapons of the police. Um, you know, there was some there that were obviously um, of a criminal mind, um, but it, there, it was removed fairly quickly without the projected sense of uh, a conflagration that was gonna take place. So now I'm thinking- And, that and I haven't heard of any major cautious. injury. No. I mean, they, they go on and on about an old lady who was trampled by a police horse, which yeah. in fact did not didn't happen the way they're describing it. No, and yeah, you know, it, it's uh, you know, it, and it, it's it's unfortunate if you if you watch the the video of that too. Um, you know, she uh, you know she was a a, a Mohawk woman, um, and uh, she uh, I think she suffered a broken clavicle. But what happened? You know, what I what I can see happening, and and it kind of jibes with with. The, you know the the more dispassionate things on the ground is that you know there was a horse uh, uh, a horse charge which was to separate the protesting line from the police line which was you know the protesters were getting too close yeah. they were trying to you know go in front of the police line and there's reports that the the, the video does show a guy who had a bicycle um, that the uh, the bicycle uh, got got fouled up one way or another, uh, got too close to one of the horses, which spooked it. One of the horses cut out from the group, and there were two people. If, if you watch it, um, who were 
standing one guy was standing right in the middle of it as the horses are coming down and, and they were warned their horses coming so he decided to stand his ground one of the horses had to cut on the outside of him because there was nowhere to go and uh, this this, uh, this mohawk woman was was standing there and um and, and the horse you know bumped her with her shoulder nobody nobody got under a hoof um you know no one got trampled but uh if you've ever been around horses, and I personally, I'm not a big horse horse fan, but I, anyone who's been around horses knows you get you get hit by horses all the time, whether you're in the stables or whatever. Because horses are just just mean things, um, but, uh, <laughs> and they're and they're big and they don't care about you. And if you get hit with their shoulder, and I've been I've been hit with the shoulder of a horse when I was very young, as you know, as they kind of you know want to teach you a lesson. Um, uh, you know, it's no fun. It's like being hit with a side of, of beef. And uh, the uh, you know this, this elderly Mohawk woman went down, and in the process, I, I think she she broke her collarbone, and that's the most serious thing that I heard. And it's terrible that happened, but if you're you know, if you're an elderly person on the front line of a protest, um, that's not the best place to be. Not blaming her for 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 what happened because it was an unfortunate accident, but the police showed remarkable restraint when it, when all this was going on. And, you know, if you, and, and I was glued to it, you know, I don't watch the Olympics. I was glued to it, you know, pretty much the entire time uh, that the, uh, the clearing out were going on. And I was impressed by just how, how restrained the police were because they didn't want to have a flashpoint where it got really, really ugly. Yeah. Even when, you know, protesters are setting off smoke bombs or like you said, trying to grab weapons during the scuffle. I mean, you know, try that in the United States. Um, oh yeah, and, you'll be riddled with bullets. You know, and even you know you you, you know you saw the tactical guys who had uh, who had had some serious guns, and what they were using them for was clearing all of the trucks on Wellington Street because they were the trucks were left behind, and you don't know what they left behind in there. You know, there's rumors that there were there, that there were weapons smuggled in. There might be a guy in there with a gun. Uh, there might be a bomb. There might be unsecured propane. There could be all kinds of stuff. And uh, I think it was the New York Times that had to walk back a story that uh, the uh, the police were advancing on the protesters with guns when in fact they weren't doing that with drawn guns. They were um, they're they're mopping up the, uh, the the trucks and vehicles that were left behind to make sure that they didn't uh, they didn't have any uh, you know uh, unpleasant surprises in them. That's interesting. I. I... I also uh, heard that looking at the video of the elderly woman, that she first fell backwards and then was pushed forwards by the crowd behind her. Yeah, well, the crowd was moving, you know, and whether that was deliberate or or, or oh, I think accidental. it was accidental. Yeah, but the crowd was kind of surging around. And I, I say, yeah, so she she if she had been able to fall backwards, um, it wouldn't have happened. But because of the dynamics of a crowd, she yeah. fell back and was pushed forward again, and that's when she fell and hurt herself. Yeah. And the horses were moving in twos, you know, yeah. side by side. And unfortunately, you know, some, some idiot decided to stand between the horses, which required them to push out. And one of them came further into the crowd than anyone intended. And, and that's when, you know, brushed against a couple of people in the crowd, yeah. but thankfully no one was seriously hurt. Um, and uh, it's, uh, and through the entire thing, it's pretty amazing that, uh, you know, there, there, there are scrapes and, and bruises on both sides, but uh, you know, nobody would had, serious injuries no one got shot um i was just you know looking at the american news today and there is a there is a protest against police brutality and uh, you know and in, in one uh in in the states and uh, out west and you know and, and the casual headline is you know one shot and killed um you know thankfully that's not part of what we do and and uh, like i say the police showed a lot of restraint uh in in trying to control a, a group that was you know leaderless and formless 
and amorphous because it would form and reform people would fall back and you just uh, you saw the way that uh, journalists were being treated you know journalists were being roughed up and spit on and and insulted and you know interfered with constantly mostly by the uh, mostly by the protesters the police every once in a while he heated things um you know there there were some it, it was it was hard to identify who the journalists were sometimes mm-hmm. uh because the journalists were being subject to so much abuse by the crowd that uh, you know, if you looked at any of the reporters out there, there was no insignia or identifying marks on the cameras or on the jackets. Usually, they wear you know, a, you know, your bright red CBC coat, the big CBC logo on it, yeah, or something that says press on the back of it, yeah. Um, and they weren't doing that for sec- their own personal security. They also had security details with them, um, and you know, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's really unfortunate, and you hope it wasn't intentional but uh, but some of the press who were in the crowd they weren't behind the police mostly they were in the crowd in front of the police you know they got shoved around a little bit too by the police uh hopefully that's mistaken identity although i will say when my brother was covering the g20 uh in toronto in 2010 you know he took uh, one of the famous pictures that's being put around all over the place of, of the uh, actually toronto police force with a foot on somebody um and uh, immediately after that he got hit with a with a uh, one of those spring batons by the police, even though he was wearing a press. Uh, uh, um, oh, uh, really? Yeah, you know he had a great big thing in black and white that said "press" on the front and the back, and uh, you know the police pretty much deliberately, you know, decided to take a whack at him and actually and hit him, and he was sore for 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 about a month. So it happens, but uh, again, you know, the the reports of the uh, of the press being targeted by the police, I think, are greatly exaggerated as well. Well. Um this has finally come to a close as far as this chapter uh the question remains what's next um what do the paymasters in the united states have planned because this was basically a focus group for republicans um and what is the next step after this uh, i mean we, we're going to have people going back to their their hometowns uh angry and and radicalized i think everybody who was there was probably radicalized if they weren't radical to begin with yeah, i think there's possibly, some people possibly who without like, their trucks or their bank accounts I, I think there was some people who were like this is a tailgate party let's do it um yep. and uh found themselves swept up in something bigger th- than, than they imagined and then once you're in there the dynamics of groups is like you don't want to be the one to say hey i'm leaving um so uh, there's going to be people who weren't radical to begin with who became radicalized uh, became part of that group identity, and they're going to go back to their communities. Now, the thing is, they're going to go back to communities which may very well have been um, reflective of their attitudes in the first place. Um, you know, none of these people probably ever voted liberal or NDP, so I don't see this changing voting patterns. Um, the question is, what's going to rally them next, and will they be rallied next? when leaders like uh, King and Leach are, are being, uh, being forced to, uh, to walk away, at least from Ottawa itself, it'd be interesting to see what rallies them again next time. I mean, an election, maybe, um, but you wonder how many of them even bother to vote. Yeah, and you don't you know, know, but at the end of the day, you know, is is you know Maxi Bernier's party going to be the beneficiary of that? In which case, you know, it takes off the conservative side, which is I think why the conservatives are are, are so afraid of um, of denouncing this, uh, you know, because you know, as you said, I don't think anyone in that crowd is voting liberal or NDP. 
Um, and certainly not two, green. <laughs> no, no. Well, they're 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 and they're they now have two choices, which is you know conservatives or or uh, or or the party that has no seats. Yeah. Uh, you know the the People's Party. Um, but you know if if you're a conservative, you're going like, oh, you know, uh, we've got to get behind these people because these are our people. They vote for us, and if we don't, then they're going to vote for Maxi Bernier. They're going to split our vote, and in the next election, um, you know if the right gets more polarized between the crazies and the and the slightly crazies then you know that that's a that'll be the conservative party the the old progressive conservative and reform party split which kept them out of power for a while yeah. um so they're saying some pretty crazy stuff in the house right now about you know the uh, the heavy-handed tactics of uh, of of the government um by invoking the emergency act but you know and they're talking about everything from uh you know they're from they're raising blackface i mean they're pulling everything out of the out of the tickle trunk to uh you know to appeal to their uh, their their crazy right-wing base um it doesn't bode well for kind of a a any kind of conciliation moving forward i would have thought the law and order party the conservatives would have been uh, in favor of of putting down domestic insurrection um, and, you know, and technically, if, if you want to get really tactical, you know, the criminal code uh, defines terrorism as, as, as an act committed for uh, a, a political purpose um, by in, intimidating the public, um, including, you know, interfering with the economic security or compelling a government to do something. I mean, that is Section 83 of the criminal code. That is terrorism. Yeah. So the Conservative Party is saying like, no, 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 you know, we're, we're out there getting our pictures taken with them. I mean, how, you know, Pierre Paul Evra had, you know, one of the trucks was sporting a, a, a Pierre Paul Evra for, for prime minister flag. I wonder where they got that. And <laughs> you've got, you've got the, you know, the leader of the conservative party, you know, snuggling up with a couple of truckers in, in one of the diners. And you've got Sheer out there and the, the entire conservative Saskatchewan caucus posing in front of a truck with a big Saskatchewan flag and giving them the thumbs up. So they, they've, they've made their bed. Uh, I think it's going to have some some long-lasting political consequences for them. Yeah, but, well, I, I think this is just part of the direction the Conservative Party is, is taken in getting rid of somebody with moderate views like uh, O'Toole. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're heading what are you to left po with? political oblivion. Um, well, not quite oblivion. Permanent opposition status. That is where they're going to be. They are yep. not going to, they're not going to form a government unless things substantially change on the ground. Um, the conservative base is concentrated in Alberta and Saskatchewan, mostly. Um, and they can barely get any more seats out there because, you know, yeah. they've, they've pretty much maxed out. Yeah. And so what, uh, what room is there for them to grow when they're moving away from any kind of message that would attract uh, moderates. Uh, just, there's just no place uh, for the Conservatives to, to gain more seats with the, the present uh, posture. And so they can yell all they want. They're not going to be, they're going to be permanent opposition. The Liberals are going to continue to be the government. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Because, you know, it, even if it's just by default. Yeah, even if it's just by default. All right, um, let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up. <laughs> this is depressing enough. You're already. tired. I I can hear the tiredness in your voice. Yeah, well, I just it's been a long three weeks, and uh, you know, and the fact that it's just sort of so un-Canadian 
Um, and, you know, you know, part of it is because, like I say, the United States has been, you know, the Republican Party is, is exporting terrorism, which is a lovely thing. And, and that's kind of depressing to see in, in, in our country, which is, uh, you know, built on peace, order and good government and, uh, and not all of those uh, American slogans about, uh, about give me uh, liberty or give me death. Yeah, it's, uh, well, maybe some people are going to learn that we don't have First Amendment rights in Canada. <laughs> maybe this will be a, a teachable moment for some of them. <laughs> I think they're learning the hard way. Yeah. Um, thank you uh, for uh, participating again. Hey, um, I love it. I want to thank the people. I, you know, every now and again, one of us hears from uh, a listener who says that they appreciate the show. And it's good because otherwise we put this out there and, and we see the numbers of, as to who's listening but um you don't know what what value they place on it and uh, it's nice to hear from people who say hey i i enjoy your show keep it up it's it's people talking reasonably about politics and yes we have a particularly um small liberal uh, bent towards things but um that doesn't mean we can't be objective in places either so um that's it Stephen lawton's can be found on twitter at Stephen lawton's which is s-t-e-p-h-e-n-l-a-u-t-e-n-s um and you can find my work at newmusicnation.ca um because i'm not on twitter i do have a facebook page though which i which i visit so if you want a Stephen kersner facebook page message go ahead and uh that's it Stephen. thank you again we'll talk again next week yeah next week looking forward to it all right that's Stephen Lawton's. I'm Stephen Kersner, and this has been Stephen and Stephen.